Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Live in Conversation. Today, um, we're going to be talking about a bunch of new things that I just put out. Um, We're going to be talking about some opinion. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. Um, So, yeah, and also, I am very, very um, allergy-prone this morning, so it's going to be a great morning. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, let's just get the show uh, started, I guess. So... One of the first things I want to bring up, of course, um, is the plans that I've introduced this this uh, past weekend. I believe it was uh, Saturday. I introduced two new pieces of, well, not, uh, here's the thing. A lot of people are critical of, of the plans that I've released thus far because, you know, they're like, oh, this isn't legislation. And you're right. It's not in its current form itself legislation. If you look at the top of the page, it just says plan. And then on top of that, it says last amended on a certain date, which is currently always the date that I publish them to the public for public access. There's eventually, if I am elected into office, there will be copies made of these things, of these current versions of the plans. If I ever do choose to amend them before they, uh, before I transform them into true, true legislation, then by all means, I'm going to, you know, update them as I feel needed. Um, but in addition to that, I also, you know, I don't want to jump the gun on having legislation. There's obviously going to be a lot of the legislation pre-written, but you know, there's certain things that you don't expect in, in, in such an election. You know, I, I don't know every little thing about the, the position, obviously. I don't know, you know, how to word certain parts of legislation. So that's why, you know, there's certain things you have to adjust once you go into office, Um, you know, a lot of people that run for these offices have no clue how to write legislation, you know, and I mean, I, I'm really close to almost exact and I'm almost certain that my current plans, if I translated the language into legislation language, uh, legislation language, you know, it, it, it could easily be passed off as legislation. Um, but you know. So obviously the planned versions, it, it's practically just exactly the same thing the legislation will say, except it's it's a little bit simpler and easier for people to digest. That's the only reason why they're they're a little bit more simplified than a typical piece of legislation, because it's not it's not the final copy of the legislation. However, it is covering every single thing down to a T, just in simpler, easier terms that I feel everyone can understand. So yeah, now now that that's out of the way, we're going to cover the first topic, um, or well, the first uh, piece of legislation, the one that I want to get out of the way the most, um, even though it was the second one I, I released on Saturday, um, California Universal Basic Income Implementation Plan. I know it's a, that's a mouthful. Um, so if you don't know what UBI is, um, or Universal Basic Income, that's what it stands for, it is basically the concept that it's a universal basic income. And what that means is that everybody would receive an income paid for by the government. Um, you know, I've seen numbers, $1,000 a month, you know, not anything crazy. You could go buy a yacht with, of, of course, but you know, something that'll get you some benefits and some assistance. You know, obviously you can't just keep living off the government forever because then the government goes bankrupt. The, the government loses money. It's, nobody would be working. The economy would fall. So obviously we can't give you an arm and a leg uh, monthly. However, we can't just let you sit there and, and just suffer 
economically, physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever it might be. We can't let you just sit there and suffer. You know, the Republican Party is very, very against UBI for that exact reason. You know, they want to see people suffer. That's practically exactly what they want to see. You know, Um, they practically want to see people suffer at this point. You know, and it's ridiculous because <laughs> the roles have really changed. I was I was reading some books. I was doing some research. What was it last night actually? Um, I'm, like while I was falling asleep, I was do I was looking at some looking at some books, looking at some papers online. And if you go back, you'll notice the parties were completely flipped. You know, the Democratic Party was was more right in a way in terms of its ethical ideologies. And the Republicans were more left with their ethical ideologies. And it's become a total role reversal to what we know today. And that's why a lot of people are skeptical about voting Republican or voting Democrat primarily, of course. You know, this is mainly something that people criticize voting Democrat for. And, you know, there's certain Democrats that were around back then that, you know, maybe you shouldn't vote for. You know, Joe Biden was around back then and he became president somehow. So, you know. But also, you have to realize that this new generation that came into the Democratic Party after the shenanigans, they don't want inequality. They want, you know, justice. We want equality. You know, I can speak for myself, of course, and I'm pretty sure a lot of Democrats could agree with me that are um, seeking office or are already in office, maybe failed to be in office during an election. You know, I feel like I could speak for a lot of them when we all say we just want equality at the end of the day. We want to fix the real issues. We want to get in there, take it on hands on and rip the bullshit out like that. That's pretty much all we want, you know, and then the, the Republican Party's over here to talk about we can't spend all that. Yet all their plans cost probably like triple R's, but they, they think that's cost effective. You know, I'm not going to get into that. We're going to get into UBI. That's one of the plans they think is going to cost too much money. Yet, you know, they wanted to build a ginormous wall on the border of Mexico and the U.S. And somehow that was meant to cost less money than giving people money so that they could survive. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about that because that's going to get me on a whole rant. But um, universal basic income, obviously, is the concept of a certain amount of money, certain amount of money income for every citizen once a month. Just like, just like a typical income, except it's once a month, you know, sometimes it's bi-weekly um, for your job, but no, this one's once a month. Um, it's The current proposal that I like the most actually goes for around 1000 a month, and to, to many people, it's going to be like, 1000 isn't going to do nothing but waste the government money, and you could see it as that way, yes, but the only way you could see it as that way is, is if that is your only source of income. Obviously, if you sign up for universal basic income, which, you know, every citizen would receive, so there really wouldn't be a sign-up or an opt-out, per se, um, or at least in a plan that I would write, you know, I wouldn't have a sign-in or an opt-out, because, you know, it just goes to everybody. You know, there's there's no discrimination, there's no, you know, oh, you don't get it, and you get it. You know, that's not how it works. Obviously, if we really didn't have enough money <laughs> for everybody to get universal basic income, That'd be a bit of an issue. There would need to be some rethinking, of course. But we also need to get into the state government and we need to, you know, elect somebody who's going to take on the budget and make the budget work for the people. Um, You know, that's just what I think. The budget should work for the people and not the other way around. I've said it many, many times at this point. You know, it seems like I'm on a broken record at this point. 
but that's the truth. That's what I want, you know? People should not have to bust their asses day in and day out working two to three jobs just to supply money for, for tax. That ends up being wasted or neglected by the state government. You know, as soon as I get into office, I'm, per- I'm completely overhauling the way we handle our budgets. And I'm completely overhauling the way that we steal taxpayer dollars away that we don't even need, realistically. You know, we need to... And I know it sounds cringy, it sounds basic, but we need to budget our, our taxpayer dollars. We can't just spend our taxpayer dollars like we're at a five-star restaurant and we're spending $1,000 on dinner here, $1,000 on dinner there. You know, we can't be spending ridiculous amounts of money for things that should not cost even remotely that much money. You know, and obviously there's a certain, there's a certain standard of quality. Of course there is. But in addition, you know, a lot of the projects that we have, the, a lot of the things that we do with the taxpayer money are ridiculously expensive. And I feel we could cut down those prices while still maintaining the same, if not extremely similar levels, maybe even better levels, who knows, of quality while doing it. You know, it's not rocket science. You know, you just have to do your research and you have to do it correctly. You got to do it thoroughly and you got to do it efficiently. You know, you can't just leave sources out when you're doing research, because if you leave sources out when you're doing research, then it's, it's inaccurate research. Um, so, yeah, but that's another plan that Republicans always try to shut down is universal basic income, especially on the federal level where it's been proposed the most. Um, now, this plan, obviously, if we end up getting universal basic income federally, and in, in, in perfect working condition that is perfect enough that, you know, every single citizen is getting whatever the amount is monthly, then, you know, I'll end up changing it, you know, just be like, okay, you're getting, you're getting UBI now, so we don't have to introduce a state UBI, um, you know, we can just put the, the money that we were going to put into UBI into infrastructure, into economical growth, into, you know, welfare programs, you know, if you really need the money, and if you're really not doing too great economically, you know, we, we can have programs to further assist you with the remainder that, you know, federal UBI wouldn't be able to possibly help you with, you know. Um, for instance, if you, if you get fired spontaneously and there's no severance from your employer and this employer is either not obligated or is refusing to pay severance, you know, I think that's messed up and that shouldn't be. And also there's a garbage truck passing right by my house right now. So if you hear a very loud noise in the background, that's what it is. But let's continue. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's quite ridiculous, personally, when, when an employer just isn't required to give you severance or just refuses to pay severance. Because if they're refusing to pay you severance, that job probably didn't pay good enough already as it is, right? So what money are you going to use to take them to court for severance? It's ridiculous, you know? It doesn't make sense, and it hurts the workers and the working class at the end of the day. That's who it hurts the most. Um, so, you know, I personally think it's time that we take a good, hard, long look at workers' rights, because that has directly what to do with why UBI is necessary in the first place. You know, workers' rights are being neglected. Workers' paychecks are being neglected. Big corporations with billions and trillions of dollars even are paying their workers minimum wage. And the minimum wage is still $7.25. Still $7. $7 can't even get you, like, 
two things at the grocery store anymore. Like, seriously, it, 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 it can barely get you anything anymore, and you're earning that per hour? That is ridiculous. $15, you know, you could at least go into a store, now you're getting something decent out, out you know, if you just want to run in, run out. You know, at least you know you're getting something decent, and you might get, like, a couple dollars and change. Realistically speaking, I know that's, that's a, a really awkward comparison, but come on. At least you know you're getting something, like, back... That's somewhat decent. Do I think that, you know, you should be able to go into a store, get something for $7 and get out? Absolutely, I think that, sh- that should eventually be a thing. But we can't just change the rates, you know? And, you know, it ties in with, with like, so many other things. Um, you know, almost every single industry that is being abused in this country. You know, medical field, which I'll touch on later, actually, because I posted on my um, Twitter page uh, yesterday night about this, um, but, uh, yeah, so the UBI plan is a statewide plan, um, there is somebody running in, I believe, District 30, I'm actually gonna check Twitter, um, hold on, I'm definitely gonna mispronounce his last name, and I, I apologize very much in advance for that, um, where is, okay, so Josh, Bo, Bo, I don't know how to say his last name, and I'm extremely sorry, but, I, you know, I'm I really not going to try. It's B-O-C-A-N-E-G-R-A. Um, if you want to go look him up, his name is Josh, and then the last name that I just spelt. Um, he is a candidate for Congress in District 30 of California, um, and he has a really comprehensive, good plan for federal UBI. You know, $1,000 a month. I think it's a perfect amount of money, you know, because the little bit that you can't afford anymore, thanks to all the inflation and the rent prices going higher, that your job might not cover, you know, UBI is there to help. And if you really need further assistance beyond the thousand extra monthly, then there's other programs that I would establish and that I would strengthen that will be there for you. As a backbone and as a support base, because we can't, even if we implement thousand dollar UBI, there's still the net, there's still going to be the need for other programs such as Social Security, Medicare, you know, obviously for for the older generations, uh, Social Security and Medicare. Um, but in addition to that, you know, um, welfare, you know, state assistance is still necessary. That is still something that I will keep, um, even if uh, UBI is implemented federally or state level. You know, um, I've already said, if federal UBI is not achieved by the time I'm in office, we're working to get um, state UBI in. Um, you know, that's that's what we're working on. Um, you know, obviously, it's not... I'm, I'm calling it something really similar to UBI. I'm calling it CUBI. Um, with a little dash between the C and the UBI. Obviously, it stands for California Universal Basic Income. You know, I just wanted to distinguish, of course. But, you know, it's the exact same thing as UBI. Um, the price point will be around $1,000 a month. And additional programs will be in place. And they will be there in a heavy presence to ensure that maybe if that 1000 isn't enough for you, there will be assistance programs available for help for all Californians um, if CUBI is implemented. 
Um, and then here, the next thing is my economic plan. I'm not really going to go too into depth on it. Um, you can obviously go to my Twitter and view it. Those will be uploaded to the website on PDF later today with the rest of the plans as well. Um, you know, it just took me a while to, of course, get all the PDFs ready and everything to go on the website. And then the website was really not working, um, the past couple days. It wouldn't let me edit it. So, um, yeah. But, uh, hopefully those changes are going to be added soon to the website, but you can also view that, um, on my Twitter page. I posted links to all of them. So, yeah. But, so, the economic plan that I have, the economic growth plan, um, you know, obviously the economy is pretty shit right now, let's be honest, um, you know, and I'm not gonna say it's just the fault of this administration, which, I mean, it largely is the fault of this presidential administration, but in addition, the state-level governments, and, you know, especially the big corporations, let's not get, let's not get it twisted here, the big corporations also have a heavy hand in raising prices, you know, they want to make sure they're still making profit. And actually, some of these corporations during inflation have ended up actually forcing more profit out of the people. Um, and I know that sounds absolutely absurd, but it is true. Some corporations have raised their prices so much that now they're earning more profit than they did pre-pandemic and pre-inflation. It's absurd. Um, you know, I think it's absurd that they're allowed to just do that with no federal interference. Um, you know you're selling these products in our country, but you're also causing a humongous economic crash in our country. You're causing inflation to soar. Enough is enough. We need to put checks and balances on the corporations. We need to ensure that they are not scamming the American people. We need to ensure that they are not scamming the American government. And then we're going to go over to, we're going to actually segue into the medical field now, actually. Um, something that I promised I'd bring up earlier. I was actually watching something on, uh, I believe it was YouTube. I was watching, I was watching something on YouTube yesterday and an ad came on and obviously I was born in New Jersey, raised in New Jersey, well, between New Jersey and California. You know, I was born and mostly raised in New Jersey and you know, there's a certain hospital called Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. Very massive hospital, um, and I saw an ad, and these nurses are threatening to go on strike, and you know what? Good for them. I've been very pro-striking, I've been very pro-union, because that's what I believe in. We need to allow unions to happen. We need to allow striking to happen if they are not given what they need, or what they ask for. You know, these workers are the whole reason our economy exists still. Granted, the economy is barely staying afloat, and that's primarily because of the corporations. If all these workers just disappeared one day and they just stopped working collectively every single industry, this economy is going to disappear within that day. Guaranteed, that economy is going to go bye-bye, and that stock market's going to crash. Everything is going to go down extremely quickly if that just suddenly and abruptly happened. And companies refuse to recognize that because they are scared that it will happen. Look what happened. The writers were on strike for a couple months, and then the actors suddenly went on strike. And then the Hollywood industry execs realized, ah, oh, crap, that's not good. Oh, well, we're, we're, we have enough money. 
This is exactly what I'm talking about. We continue to barely tax corporations. And it allows them to do these things. It allows them to be like, oh yeah, they're, they're going to not be able to afford rent. These actors and these writers aren't going to be able to afford rent. And then we can have our way. And then we can, you know, have the upper hand in negotiation when they come back crawling to us. That's what they pretty much said. One of them said that, straight up said that. That is absurd because they realize they have too much money that they know what to do with. And they can now use that money to bankroll to keep the studios afloat. I think that is ridiculous. That should not exist. There needs to be major tax increases on corporations because we have allowed them to have bare minimum tax rates, practically bare minimum tax rates for the longest time. And it is time we raise the taxes for the corporations and for those execs, too. They, they have cozy, beautiful little houses in the Hollywood Hills. They have nice little uh, hillside mansions, beachside mansions, uh, resorts that they own to themselves. I think it's time. And villas as well, even. I've seen some millionaires have villas. I think it's time that we knock it off. We realize who the real issue is within this economic economic hellhole that this that has been created, and we get rid of the issue instead of procrastinating, instead of pointing fingers at which party did what and who did what when in office. It's the billionaires. It's the corporations. Take a look. These corporations have treated employees like shit for decades. They've treated them like complete and absolute shit for decades and have still managed to to not pay an appropriate amount of taxes and not be taxed by the government correctly. It's the same thing, you know? A lot of people are, are using loopholes to claim tax exemption statuses and even like lower tax statuses, you know, if they consider themselves a small business, even though they're really not. There needs to be border lines. We need to cut it out. And in addition, there's also the inflation side of things. I went to go ship a package out the other day. It cost like $20. Like there's so many things that cost so much money that never used to cost that much money. And the reason why is because we have allowed more corporations to exist, especially with the boom in technologies you know, we've allowed a lot of new startups to, to, you know, go relatively taxless. And then they end up having billions and billions of dollars along with the executives who run the company and who created the company. We just allow them to go scot-free, you know, no issue here, you know, keep scamming the American people. Enough is enough. We need to call these companies out on their bullshit and their lies, and how they have damaged this economy. We need to call them out on that, and we need to take action. We cannot just sit around any longer while, you know, billionaire exec A and billionaire exec B still have billions of dollars and their mansions and their beach houses and their resorts that they own and all those stocks and shares and other companies that they own, while the American people can barely afford to pay for rent every month. It is ridiculous. It needs to be put to an end. And that's a segue into the next thing. Some people have called me a GOP plant. 
someone actually uh, reached out to me over email. Um, and, and straight up just called me and said that I, I was I was probably working for the Republican Party. I would never in a million years work for that party. And you want to know why? Because that party does not care about the people. It doesn't care about the ethics or the working class. They take donations from billionaires. They take donations from corporations. And I'm directly talking against the corporations and against the billionaires and even the millionaires and the trillionaires. You know, I, I talk against them very regularly because I think they need to, they, I think that they need to pay their taxes, either they pay their taxes or we lock them up for tax evasion. I mean, they've been evading taxes for a very long time. I think it's time they pay their fair share. So, you know, I well, I feel like what I ask is is absolutely more than reasonable. It is absolutely reasonable. What I ask for and what I will do, it is just reasonable. To the corporations, it's absolutely needy, it's selfish, it's whatever words they want to spin. But to me, and to a lot of people... I think that they're going to realize that I'm not needy and selfish. I am asking for the bare minimum that should have been done decades ago and has not been done and that I will do because I'm not afraid of a corporation. I'm not afraid of a corporation leaving my donation base, you know, because I'm not taking corporate donations. If, if Fox wants to come to me and say, oh, yeah, we're not going to support you. That's fine. Bye. I don't care. Because I never took donations for you in the first place. And now you want to now you want to basically bribe me to stop talking what I'm talking. I'm going to continue to talk what I talk. If anything, I'm going to make it louder. If you try to tell me not to say stuff, because what I say, what I say is fact. What I say is common sense. And what I say is stuff that should have been done decades ago. And wasn't done because these corporations were able to successfully bribe hundreds and hundreds and even thousands of government officials, whether it be state level, municipal level, federal level, international governments even. We need to realize that enough is enough and we need to tear down the establishment. We need to tear down the corporations. We need to tear down the billionaires. And it's time we did that. Because if we do not do that and we continue to ignore the number one threat, then this country's economy is going right down the drain. Right down the drain. And there will be nothing we can do. Eventually, there's going to be a point where the damage to our economy is irreversible. Eventually, it will reach a point where the damage to our economy is irreversible. And we need to fix our economy before we reach that point. And the point is inevitable at the rate that this economy is going. Now, Biden, he wants to flaunt his Bidenomics. Bidenomics is not working. Bidenomics is not working. I see it like once a week on the White House Twitter or his Twitter by like the quote unquote Bidenomics is working. It is not working. Come on, be real with yourself. Bidenomics has done nothing but fail the working class. 
Bidenomics has done nothing but fail the working class and the lower class. Bidenomics has done absolutely nothing but put more people into homeless shelters and onto the streets because they can't afford rent and they can't afford groceries. They can't afford taxes because of what Bidenomics has done to this economy. Bidenomics should not be called Bidenomics. Bidenomics should be called the great plan to our demise because that's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to become inevitably is the great economic plan to our eventual demise. I wish I could run for president. I wish I could run for president right now because I would. I would run in that Democratic primary immediately. I would run so quickly that it would be it would be it would be a it would be a race and I would win that race. I would have jumped into that election so fast, but I don't meet the age requirement just yet. And that's fine. I'll keep doing what I can on the state level. In a state that has been extremely affected by Bidenomics and not in a good way. The only people that have been directly benefited by Bidenomics is the higher class or the upper middle class and the higher cl- and, and the upper class and the 1% and the billionaires and the corporations. That's who's been benefited. And then Biden goes on to Twitter constantly talking about, oh, yeah, school teachers deserve a raise. You know, we need to stop this and stop that. You are president of the United motherfucking states, Biden. Do not just tweet what you want to do. Get it done. You can't just go on Twitter and tweet a sentence long thing about we need to do this. Okay, you could do that. That, that You could tweet a sentence long thing about what we need to do. That's totally fine. But when you're president of the country, that's a whole other discussion. Because when you're president of the United States... You could actually make that change happen, but you choose not to. You choose not to raise the federal minimum wage. You choose not to give school teachers raises. You choose to not stand for workers' rights. You choose to not implement UBI or Medicare for all. In fact, you actually tried to say you would veto Medicare for all, and I'm almost certain you would probably even veto UBI if that was if that made it to your your desk. I'm a Democrat. And even I think we need Biden out. We need to get him out of office. First off, obviously the biggest, the elephant in the room, his age. But also how Bidenomics has failed the American people time and time again. And it is continuing to do so. But also, take a look at the lack of action this president has taken. Half of the stuff that he promised, more than half of the stuff that he promised on the campaign trail, has not made it to any level of the federal government that is substantial enough to be like, oh my goodness, this is actually happening. He's actually making this promise. He has not made this promise. He promised to campaign on affordable health care. Health care prices are currently through the roof. You go into an ER and you breathe the air in the ER lobby, it's going to be a couple thousand dollars, I'm almost certain at this point. The prices are still through the roof. There has been zero change. If anything, insurance companies are still scamming the hospitals. And the insurance companies are still scamming you. Or, well, the hospitals are scamming the insurance companies and the insurance companies are scamming you. It's a full, it's a full little life cycle going on. It's ridiculous is what it is. 
So, you know. <laughs> Obviously, I have I have some very choice words about the whole Bidenomics system and, you know, all that. Because I just think it's a, it's a complete waste of time. It's a complete waste of taxpayer dollars. And it's done absolutely nothing. And the job gains that this president has, benef- has, has you know, bragged about on Twitter, these job gains are, 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 aren't even making up for the amount of job loss we had during when, when COVID first started. This isn't even fully making up for COVID job losses. You know, and community notes on Twitter have even corrected the Biden administration's, like, official Twitter accounts. And honestly, you know what? Whoever wrote those community notes, I salute you because you realize that Bidenomics is a pile of horse shit. It's time that we call out every aspect of the government for what it is. This is a waste of our time. This is a waste of our time. This is a waste of our time. We need to replace the things that are a waste of our time and taxpayer dollars with things that are beneficial to our time and taxpayer dollars and to the people, not to the corporations. We need to stop giving money and subsidies. We need to stop subsidizing corporations. We need to stop doing all that. How about we create UBI or, you know, something that's going to benefit the people while they're dealing with enormous economic stress? And a lot of people are like, oh, it's not from the economy. People that get right out of high school and have no clue how to do taxes, have no clue how to do anything economically, are going to obviously be stressed out. And when they finally learn how to do taxes, which is most likely through a third-party app like TurboTax, and yes, there is there is an IRS option for free filing coming soon, apparently. But, like, you know, you give your money to TurboTax, they're taking a cut. That's ridiculous. We should not rely on corporations to do stuff that the federal government is requiring us to do. The federal government should be requ- should be providing us with the methods to do so without extra cost to us. And in addition, these things should be transparent and they should be honest. For instance, the government knows exactly how much you owe them in taxpayer money. So why not just say it on the sheet so that these people can pay their taxes? I have obviously proposed, you know, your taxes are gradually taken out of your paycheck, of your paychecks throughout the year so that you don't have to deal with it during tax season. We just eradicate the whole idea of taxpayer season. You know, I've proposed stuff like that because that's just what I think is more efficient. But, um, you know, I I, I think it's just ridiculous um, that, you know, the IRS knows exactly how much money you have to pay them at the end of the year. So why aren't we telling the people how much money they owe? It's like you go to a restaurant or you go to a grocery store and you just scan the items and you have to guess how much money you have to give them because they're not going to tell you at the checkout. It's like, it's so ridiculous. Imagine going to a checkout at, a, at let's just say, at, um, at Vons. Let's say you're going to Vons at the checkout and you scan your items. They scan your items. It's fine. Whatever. And then you look at the price, the price thing on the pin pad, it just, it's blank. There's nothing there. You just got to guess how much money you got to give them and you can't use a credit card. You got to, you got to get the cash. So it's going to be even more difficult for you to figure out how much money it is. There's a bunch of random numbers on the thing that you got to use to calculate your rates and all this nonsense. Or you can hire that person over there. His name's Turbo, last name Tax. And he's going to take, he's going to do it for you, but he's also going to take some of your money to do it for you. 
Like, come on. This is awful. What we have done to the American people is awful. Crimes against humanity levels of awful. And I think it's time for that to stop. And I think it's time for change. Why do you think I'm not endorsing Joe Biden right now? I'm not endorsing Biden because he has put this country into further of a pit. That's why I'm endorsing Marianne Williamson. I think, you know, she can turn this country around. Her policies are very direct and to the point. I think she can, I think she can do it. I don't think Biden can do it because, you know, the way he's, he's done it, it's, it's just completely ruined the nation and especially the economy of this nation. Um, you know, and, and this is what baffles me. Obama did a, uh, did a great job, fairly. He did a really good job at this. You know, I applaud Obama for his work while he was in office. But then you had Hillary. She really wasn't going to do much. And now you have Biden. You know, the two people that ran post-Obama post from his administration both sucked. This is times where I wish there weren't two consecutive term limits. There, there weren't limits on how many terms you could have. This is when I wish that was the thing. And I don't wish that very often. But Obama is a prime example. If Obama would, would have been able to do a third term, a fourth term, or a fifth term, I would have loved that. I would have loved that. Because he had common sense. The Affordable Care Act passed under his administration which is now known as Obamacare, which I believe is now known as healthcare.gov, but whatever. Obamacare, when it was still Obamacare, and when it was still actually useful and everything, and it was still good, was an amazing service. And then, you know, it just got destroyed by the Trump administration, but you know. So yeah, but um, I'm going to end the episode there because I, my mouth is extremely dry and I really have ran out of topics to talk about and I'm getting kind of sleepy already from yelling so much. So I'm going to go drink some coffee. I'm going to go check on my books because actually, um, you know, we're going to be reading some books um, because I feel like reading a book. So, um, yeah, we're going to be doing that. And then, um, yeah, I don't know why I'm going through all this, but you know what? <laughs> it's fine. Um, so yeah, but, um, thank you for listening in to this episode of Live in Conversation. Um, I appreciate all of you for listening in. Um, if you've, especially if you've made it to the end, I appreciate you so much for that. Um, thank you all so much for the support so far. Um, and yeah, so I'll see you guys next time.